0: welcome to episode 7 of brown boy ramen and today we're gonna discuss i mean that's what we've planned we're gonna discuss crash landing on you which is a massive hit i mean if you haven't watched it please go watch it right now before you continue with the episode i mean you don't want to hear the spoilers (laughs) i tried to reduce the spoilers but i can't guarantee but anyway sorry for a lot of things because i moved recently into a new new apartment so Now my room is closer to a green field and that's why there are a lot of insects outside and a lot of dogs. So you might hear dogs howling at night because that's usually when I record my episodes. It's kind of funny because I want the dogs to shut up, but they just won't. But with further ado, let's dive into crash landing on you. Oh, before I forget this week, I got two amazing news. One is that Red Velvet is making a comeback as a unit and I cannot be more excited for them. Then, on the other hand, XOSC is also making a comeback in July. So, I'm excited for that as well. Like, I am I genuinely don't know what to do. Because, uh, multi-stan, but at the end of the day, I know who I'm loyal to. So, now you know what I like to listen. But yeah, without any further delay, let's dive into the episode of Brown Boy Ramen crash landing on you. Also, uh, before again, sorry caution notice whatever you like to call it uh there might be times when i get a little bit biased towards a certain side when it comes to social and political scenarios and settings but i would love for you to keep your biases aside like i'm gonna keep and try and keep my biases aside and listen to the episode without any reservations because there might be times when i get a little bit more i don't know how to put it but a little bit more aggressive with my views so yeah but If you have any feedback, if you would like to tell me how I went aggressive, you can always drop a message later on after you listen to the entire episode. But keep your biases aside for now since i was a child i've been hearing about this whole north korea south korea situation i mean since i was a child and it has happened long time ago but still you have these two different countries one is a open house and one is a closed house Uh, in a sense that you don't know what goes in and out of north korea but you always know what goes in and out of south korea because south korea again is a massive country when it comes to soft power and that's why Korea, especially South, is widely popular and widely known. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I also have this podcast. But South Korea is a bit more open to the world than the North. So you will see a certain comparison between them throughout the series. So yeah, I mean, this show completely focuses on that part of unification and how it has never happened till now. And the probability of it happening in the future are low. I mean, people would like to argue with me. But for me, I think it's very low that both the countries will get back together in the next few decades so to say but yeah to dive into the episode you have these two beautiful characters played by these these two beautiful people, literally god and goddess of K-drama industry. I'm not gonna argue about that. So you have Ri Jong-hyuk who's played by Hyun Bin and you have Sun Ye Jin playing the character of Yoon Se-ri. And Yun so Yoon Se-ri is a South Korean who goes paragliding and through a tornado she randomly happens to crash land in North Korea where Ri Jong-hyuk is patrolling the area and they meet and that is where the story begins. I wouldn't dive or I wouldn't talk a lot about the story because you can guess how the romance between both of them starts blooming minute by minute, episode by episode, like how they get to know each other, the multiple attempts that she goes through while escaping North Korea, how he saves her, then how he goes back to South Korea to save her and at the end he returns back to North Korea and how they continue the romance. That's basically a gist of what happened in the 16 episodes. But there are a few things which the drama talks about. and. some cultural factors in North Korea and South Korea which the drama brings out and puts in front of multiple fans and millions of audiences which is really great because I mean North Korea, you don't know much about North Korea so technically whatever they have tried to portray is might not also be true but according to sources they have consulted North Korean refugees so the chances of that scenario being true are a lot like the probability is a lot to tell you more about the two characters you have uh, Siri who is a heiress to a big company then on the other hand she is also a self-made woman who also has her own company you have Ri Jung Hyuk who plays the character who is a police officer in the north I mean he's a part of the police administration department in the Korean not Korean military so you have these two characters these two characters are completely different when it comes to how they behave in public how they display themselves in public both are stern both are independent both are strong but the way they try to these other people is completely different so Sonia Jin who plays the character of Yoon se is born and brought up in South Korea so for her and she's born and brought up in a very rich family so for her again money becomes a central point where she thinks that everything can be solved with the help of money on the other hand Ri Jung Hyuk who you know is a part of the North Korean elite but still he's trying to live off on his own so he really does care about money and for him all problems cannot be solved with money but with negotiation and discussions which is a great point but how is this series different like when you are talking about yoon seri yoon seri's character is a different character that you might have not seen before because she's not only fighting so like when she goes into north korea she's not only trying to build her own identity over there because she's trying to intermingle with the people around her she's trying to build up relationships with people around her but people are seeing her as an outsider but she's very quick to adapt to their ways she's a proper businesswoman so for her adapting to different trends and different methods is very easy and that's how she gets assimilated into the north korean society without them raising a finger which is really great and the way she's able to adopt between both identity is also really good. On the other hand you have Ri Jung Hyuk who is a not going typical conservative person who's like very reserved and everything so for him when he comes to the south it becomes difficult for him to really assimilate in the society because he has seen such things in life and the access to luxury was so limited that even seeing a different variety of cake or coffee or even a chicken restaurant chicken fried chicken restaurant is something new to him so he really is trying hard to assimilate into the South Korean society without being caught of course because it's illegal right I mean he comes into to South Korea illegally so he can't be caught anywhere more about yoon seri let's talk more about yoon seri yoon seri is my favorite character in the whole series like she is witty she is cunning she is a person who can manipulate you in multiple ways because of her innocence like she's that innocent figure on the outside but like truly devil cunning person inside like not cunning cunning but like you get what i'm saying she's able to manipulate people in her own ways in her own manners so that's like a really mm, great topic because she has faced so many things in her life like her mother passing away she's an Ill- illegitimate child of her father so she's faced a lot of problems like when her father hands over the company to her she faces a lot of competition from her brothers and her brothers try to take the company away from her and they find the perfect spot when they realize that she's missing so she's been brought up in a very different environment so For her, being on her own and being able to manipulate people is very easy. So again, the same thing happens when she goes to North Korea, she's able to manipulate the ladies of the town with whom she knows that if she's closer to them and if she can build a relationship with them, it'll be easier for her to escape North Korea and her chances of escaping and surviving will increase. So that's how she's trying to butter up the girls and women around her by telling them nice things, by flattering them and everything. She's a flirtatious woman she doesn't budge she will do whatever it takes to get what she wants and that is a really great thing about her but also when she's trying to get whatever she wants she's being respectful of others so again that's a plus point she's not being rude she's getting what she wants but she's not being rude which is a one uh the second female lead sodan who's played by soji He is oh my god she is so good like this is one of the series where i also like the second leads a little bit more than the main leads in a sense that uh, Sudan is a part of the North Korean elite. Again, because she's a part of the elite, it's easy for her to manipulate people. It's easy for other people to listen to her. Because again, you know that how, if you're at the top, if you're an elite in North Korea, you can get things the way you want. She's also living in Pyongyang and living in Pyongyang itself tells you of your elite status. Plus she's able to travel abroad, which is also great for North Koreans, rare also. So uh, her character is also strong, stern, because she has faced the outside world more than other people. She's able to get what she wants she's able to she's able to convince people that i am the right one she also has that sassy attitude like the mean girl attitude which is great which is amazing which is beautiful and because of that she's able to like just sass her way out of everything like there's this one incident where she's all her friends are married and she's the only one who's not married and beyond the age of marriage echoes and so for her when the mother of her friend taunts her that oh my daughter had a daughter and now i'm a grandmother and you are still not married she's able to sass her way out of it in such a beautiful manner like wow so that's one of the attractive features about her she's compassionate she's lovable she's attractive she's able to lure people in a very beautiful manner coming on to the main leads of the series you have Ri Jong Hyuk who is again as I said before conservative but A1 he is compassionate uh the main the secondary aim of his life other than being in love with Yoon Siri is to find out about his uh brother's death his brother was killed in the North Korean people told it was an accident but wasn't he knows of it so he's trying to figure out how he died and episode by episode you're able to realize that there is a storyline that also goes on building on the side where he's finally able to crack down on who actually killed the brother not officially but even though not officially he's able to crack down the mystery behind it because he has been brought up in a elite family but has been living off on his own for a long time and is serving in the military his uh personality is very different from others like his personality is compassionate that word i've been using a lot of times independent he's compassionate He is that mature, good-going person who plans, organizes everything. So for him, nothing is last minute which is exactly the opposite of the female lead. For him, everything is organized. He goes step by step. He will make sure that he follows all the rules and regulations. Of course, he doesn't in the end but that's a different story altogether. But for him, he has all his life planned out really well and so he is really trying to prove to his father that even though you lost your elder son, I am the one who can support you. I'm the one who can fulfill your dreams. He's also shown to have a very obedient son quality that is there in him which is also attractive I mean even though he's like innocent he looks innocent he looks mature he's not all goody-goody if time comes he'll slap you that is for sure like don't try his patient. He's a very patient man. Yes, that was what I was looking for. He's a very patient man who will sort things out in a very diplomatic manner without getting physical. So that's a great thing about him. And that's how he's able to get through a lot of problems. He's jailed multiple times. He's able to get out of that through conversation. He's able to use his father only when time comes and only when time is needed. So again, he's not manipulative in that manner. He's not asserting and dominating in that manner. The second male lead, on the other hand, is i don't know i mean he's too good to be very honest second male lead is a rookie actor if i'm not wrong and is played by kim jong hyun who is a rookie actor so his basically his character is that he's a south korean con man who is intelligent charming and manipulative so he basically is running away from Yunseri's brother who he tried to embezzle and he runs away to north korea like a beautiful location for him to run away because no one can raise it out on him he looks korean so no one can raise it out on him plus he can speak the language so it's a perfect hideout place for him so he pays money to this guy and loads of money and gets a vacation home in north korea where he gets everything and anything that he wants so again you have this typical south korean man who's trying to get away with every problem every obstacle with the help of money and he basically runs away because he wants to avoid the arrest that is impending on him in South Korea. And so you have this first couple that is Yoon Se and Ri Yok, And you have Gu Sung Joon, that is Albert Gu, and Seo Dan as your second couple. And to be very honest, they haven't focused a lot on the second couple, but I love them. Like the second couple is the most attractive couple out of the two, but that will be for other day. That story will be for other day because that's not what I want to talk about. I gave you short introductions about every character. The main thing that I want to talk about in this series is the vast cultural difference that is there between your North Korean society and your South Korean society. Here's what I was talking about when I said biased. So you know that North Korea is a typical communist country which is a black box and which is based on the whole idea of a community and socialism there are multiple instances that we have heard of in the past where North Korea comes out as the ultimate villain but in this series uh, this, the director and the writers have tried to break that pattern uh, in a sense that even though you have these evil Mongol or evil evil characters from the north korean government governmental bodies on the other hand you have these north korean people who are a part of the semi-elite i would like to say who are compassionate who are uh, a bit more different than what we have heard about north korea so because they have been going through so many atrocities that are committed on them they are going through so many problems uh for them being with each other is what is the most comforting thing so these group of five ladies who are always together live together I mean they don't live together but like they spend most of their time together and they are able to solve the problems with the help of each other so that is one idea of community that you have on one side they don't have a lot of money also so they're able to enjoy with whatever stuff that they have which is a great thing but on the other hand in South Korea you have this one family who lives together and is born and brought up together but still they are fighting amongst each other and they are not trying to adjust they're not trying to solve each other's problems instead they're creating more problems and they're creating more ruckus in the entire family and in the entire system that is around them so the main cause is on one side you have a lot of money which ultimately leads to greed and on the other hand because you have no money and you have support of other people that doesn't amount to greed when i'm saying greed it's not that there's no greed of course these people want to get on the top and experience what luxury is but for them right now earning enough to get bread and butter is what is important so for them community stands before money but on the other hand in the south korean society what you see is that because for them earning money enough money to get bread and butter for every day is not a problem their problems are a bit more advanced where they want to grab onto everything and anything that they have in front of their eyes may it be a company may it be a person may it be an object if they see it, if they have a liking for it, they will go and do anything in their power to achieve that thing. So this is a stark contrast between the two societies that you can see over here. Again, I'm not saying that North Korean society is great in general. I'm just trying to point out the differences between the two because these differences are apparent. And I mean, this is not just North Korea, South Korea. This is every urban and rural setup as well. In urban setup, you have more capitalist people. You have more people who have money, who don't have to worry about bread and butter every day. So for them, luxury becomes a need. And for the people who are living in rural areas around the world, may it be America, may it be Europe, may it be any country or any continent, you have this difference where people in the rural areas are a bit more understanding of each other. They are a bit more compassionate towards each other. The idea of community is still very much alive in them. Money doesn't take a first place for them when it comes to solving problems. They know that with the help of others, they can solve these problems, but it's not the same for people in the urban areas. Urban setup calls for different challenges, rural setup calls for different challenges, but at the end of the day, we both are humans, right? So, I mean, still on one hand, you see that the greed is for money and for the top position. On the other hand, in the rural areas, the greed is also for the top position, but for them, that doesn't take place over community and family life. So, more than North Korea South Korea difference, this is a difference between urban setup and a rural setup i mean don't get me wrong of course i'm living in an urban area so i have this bias i do enjoy luxurious things i do enjoy having stash of cash in my hand i'm not saying i don't enjoy it but it's just that things we need to realize that sometimes connections relationships family community should take a higher position than money and money is not the ultimate thing that you should have in your life money is going to solve your problems even in north korea money is solving problems of the elite but the contrast is also there where family where relationships where people around you society are coming together collectively trying to solve the problem that is there so that is one of the major differences that i can spot in both the cultures and again you have this typical north korean we heard we, we hear about these reports when north koreans are enjoying the south korean luxury but through black market and everything which is also there in this which is quite funny and interesting because again whatever i said before it's kind of contrasting it because because south korean luxuries are something that the north koreans are also craving and you can see it through multiple instances where in the black market you have uh makeup products from the south you have television series selling in black you have things from south like appliances which are selling in black so these north North Koreans are also craving for South Korean things but that again doesn't take the higher place. Uh, when the series was broadcasting, there were concerns from a lot of South Korean parties that the series is becoming too pro-North or they're trying to portray North in a very, in a very non-conventional way biased view but again those are shot down later because i mean it's a series you need to look at it in a perspective which is different from your political scenario you cannot separate art from politics but at times you need to also look into the matter that politics is not the main aim of the series the main aim of the series is going to remain romance and comedy which the television show aptly delivers so there's no wrong in there so also like emphasizing more on the part of community and money yunseri when she lands in north korea she realizes that there are seven eight people around her there are almost there's a whole gang of 10 people that is running around her and that is taking care of her but on the other hand at the same time in north and you see that in south korea that there are only two people who are actually concerned for her three people the detective the father and her personal assistant these three people are the only ones who care for her her brothers literally take the opportunity and try to take over her company but they fail apparently because she comes back to south till then but again you can also see how on one hand you have these 10 people who are taking care of one person and on the other hand at the same time you have only three people who are actually caring for her rest all are behind her money which shows the selfish nature of a human being in an urban setup as i said before (laughs) but yeah i mean it's kind of funny because you have these two opposite worlds in front of you spoiler alert stop listening if you haven't seen the series but Albert Gu dies in the series and that is one of the most heartbreaking moments of the entire series. Like, you have these characters, uh, Sodan and Albert Gu, who are trying to build a relationship and suddenly he dies and that just leaves you crying. I mean, there has to be a limit on how much you can cry in one series and I think Crash Landing on You exceeds the limit. So, like, 2-3 episodes is the limit but Crash Landing on You, I remember last 5 episodes I was just sobbing and sitting in a corner and, like, trying to cope up with whatever has happened because it's so traumatic like it's not more than traumatic because the acting is so good you're able to sympathize with the main characters because they are having the challenges of their own uh, they are trying to adjust to their new lives they're trying to adjust to the romance they're trying to i mean even though they know that for a fact in the future they are not going to be together at a certain point they are still trying to maintain whatever they have right now and that's why it becomes so easy for us to sympathize with them because they are happy with what they have and they're not trying to grab onto something that they don't so that's a really good part that they're showing in between all of this you have korean police enter and they try they are trying to solve the problem they take hold of our favorite character Lee Jong Hyuk and they are able to i mean interrogate him and they're able to arrest him and they're planning on sending him back because the north koreans know by now but again this one scene okay so like when they're trying to send him back there's this one scene where Yoon Se-ri runs to him and he runs back at her and they just hug and that is one of the heartbreaking moments of the entire series i don't know why i mentioned that but i had to mention it so you have these both the characters going through multiple problems they're fighting the society they're fighting the legal system they're fighting the political system and on top of that they're maintaining the romance which is really good like hats off to them and because the audience on the other hand knows they can predict the future it becomes easy for the audience to sympathize with them to understand the situation and to feel sorry for them to feel bad for them which ultimately leads to the audience crying and sobbing and using multiple tissue boxes because i again i spoke about this a lot so one of the things that I realized is that you know like the whole concept of how in India or in countries where Bollywood movies are screened there's this movie that came out which is which was called My Name is Khan and it basically tried to make the whole world aware that Islamophobia is the wrong thing and everyone with the surname Khan is not a terrorist. There are terrorists who belong to different religion, different castes, different backgrounds so it's very bad to stereotype them as Muslims which is a great thing that the movie tried to bring about. change that the movie tried to bring about but ultimately it was just a trend that continued for some time and then it died down no one talks about it now and still people media especially tries to blame terrorist attacks on non-white people which is today's problem so how am i relating this movie to this show is that Uh, I feel, this is my opinion, that the movie, that the show was able to dial down the stereotypes and biases that people have towards North Korea in a way that not North Korean elites or North Korean government in general but the North Korean society because we don't know how They struggle every day we just hear about multiple things we hear about things like famine that happened in north korea in the past few years how people are not getting enough food and everything we just hear about the political stuff and so this series was able to help me sympathize with the north korean people because again it's accurate right it's they've tried to put it in the most accurate manner and if actually this is the case where people are not bound to the state and they have not lost their senses because of the state these people are humans at the end of the day so if you are going to fight for anything regarding north korea we need to fight for the liberation of these people because these people are going through problems which are inhuman which are not normal in any condition so we need to identify this socio-cultural divide that is there between north korea and the rest of the world especially when it comes first it should be south korea so we need to understand that north korean society in general is different from the North Korean political society so there's this divide between both of them and we need to identify that just because they belong to the state of north korea they are not bad people i mean i'm talking specifically about the society specifically about the society of course politics and society cannot again cannot be separated but the people who are actually struggling and striving to earn bread and butter every day for them they don't have anything against america or south korea they are trying to earn their life so politics just becomes a last priority for them we have I mean we have heard a lot of people say that politics is only for the privileged but over here it actually might be the case that that politics will be only for the privileged because state censorship and everything prevents them from listening to things which are against North Korea. So for them it becomes really difficult to even comprehend that there is a different world outside. So it's just that we need to be a bit more sympathetic towards the North Korean refugees and the North Korean society because at the end of the day they are humans and at the end the end of the day they are not the ones who are causing the wrong. If tomorrow both the Koreas come together and the DMZ ceases to exist, we need to, instead of isolating them, it becomes the responsibility of the South Koreans to help them adapt to a new way of life, a new way of society, a new way of culture, and instead of just abandoning them, they need to help them come up in a more civilized and a more politically and socially correct manner. So yeah, I mean, North Korean political society, political elite is definitely is the evil part in North Korea but the society is probably not that and it's probably very similar to how we live or how people in different settings live around the world. So this drama was really able to make people think about North Korea in a very different and in a very strong manner. So I really applaud the creators and the writers for trying to portray this divide between North and South Korea in a very different manner. This They try to tone the socio cultural divide in a very subtle manner and in a very nonchalant manner. So I think this drama becomes the focal point. I mean, this drama can be taken as a focal point for or how North Korean and South Korean relations or how not similarities between North Korea and South Korea can be analyzed. Even though again, it's a one-sided view because biases and everything that does come into research, but this drama can be taken as a starting point to understand how North Korean society and South Korean societies are different and how we need to fix the social gap. And again, at the end of the day, money is not the only solution to everything. And your priority shouldn't always be money. So I think we can end the episode here by saying basically what I try to put through is that we need to give the stereotypes which are pertaining to the North Koreans in general, you need to pull them back and we need to put them aside when we are trying to analyze the South North Korean society because again, we don't know what exists inside the, of that black box and if the sources are correct and if this show is actually written by a few North Korean defectors and we need to humanize the North Koreans beyond their generic stereotypes. like we need to make them we need to be sympathetic towards them basically is what i'm trying to say and that is the only way i feel the tensions between both the countries can be resolved again i am not the person who should be talking about this because i don't live in either of the countries but again it's just a common understanding of how conflict can be resolved in such situations one more thing i forgot to talk about is this show also talks about patriotism and nationalism to a whole another extent like We have heard about so many reports that North Koreans even though they defect and they come to South Korea they get used to South Korea and the whole idea like this is a typical stereotype that the whole idea of nationalism and patriotism towards North Korea vanishes as soon as they come out of North Korea because they experience different life and they experience a different lifestyle but I read a few articles and again over here in the show that is also reflected when the soldiers come to South Korea and they see the world for time being they are influenced by it and they think that we should move here but at the end of the day the male lead and the soldier the male lead and the The male leader and the soldiers that are around him when they come to south korea the idea of north korea being their country being their homeland is still so strong that they are not easily influenced and they don't give up on the idea of not returning to north korea they eventually do return to north korea out of their own good and out of their own sense of patriotism towards their country or loyalty towards their country and that is one thing which no one would have expected and the show was able to it out there so yeah this series was able to bring out that aspect as well where we would have never thought that a north korean defecting to south korea will go back but he eventually does end up going back and that is something which is unique to this show again with that being said i've spoken for a long time and it's really hot it's getting really hot right now so here is where i will end and i will stop with the episode if you think you loved it give me a heads up message me on instagram dm me on instagram give me suggestions i'm always open to suggestions and if you didn't like the episode if you think it was a bit too biased or it was a bit too problematic then of course you can dm me we are open to discussion i love discussing things with people as you might have already guessed so yeah i'll see you again on brown boy ramen next friday so stay tuned and goodbye Also, don't forget to check out XO, and Red Velvet's comeback. It's gonna be amazing. So till then, goodbye. Have fun. Enjoy your weekend.